Well, what is up? <laughs> Welcome to Thriving in Relationships After Abuse. I am your host, Jessica Laurent. And as always, I'm so very grateful to have you in this space with me. I hope that the week has been amazing for you. You know, I always say that and then I always take it back because again, I hope the week has been whatever it needed to be for optimal growth in your life. We always crave this perfect idea of what the day, the week, the journey should look like, but that's not realistic. And those moments that feel hard, those moments that don't seem like they're adding value to your life or they just seem like things are falling apart. There is an extreme amount of value in those moments too. So again, I take that back and I hope that your week has been everything it needed to be to help you get to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. But today I want to talk about how we become who we are. We show up in our relationships as an accumulation of our experiences, as an accumulation of our environment, we are really just a, a puzzle put together full of all these different pieces that make the picture of you. And understanding that is an intricate part of healing. It's an intricate part of getting to the point to, of self-acceptance, which leads to self-love and really just becoming the person that you want to be. Showing up in your life the way that you want to, not allowing abuse and trauma or any adverse situation in your life to define you, but transmuting that into something that makes it almost like a superpower. So how do we become the people that we are? When does it start? What has the most influence? Because we have really good moments and we have horrible moments which one decides who we are or is it kind of just an accumulation of all of that so i'm very excited to talk about attachment styles because understanding my attachment style allowed me to really get into the space of self-acceptance accepting who i am which puts it in control being aware awareness is absolutely fundamental to growth because you have to understand the point that you are to understand how you get to the next point so awareness of who you are and how you show up is very important i started dating shortly after i divorced my husband um a few years ago and i realized that I was super needy. I I still very much needed a lot of validation. Of course, I paraded around like I'm confident as a lot of women do. Um, you know, we we feel attractive men honestly like anything. But, you know, we we get out and guys are attempting to talk to us and all of that and it gives us this false sense of confidence, but I realized that when I tried to get into anything serious, anything that was more than superficial, I felt extremely self-conscious. I wanted them around all the time. And it, it just really didn't make sense because I put so much work into my growth that I couldn't understand why I still needed so much validation. Even though, you know, I had this tremendous amount of self-love at this point and all these things that I've done. 
that's when I start to explore and started to try to understand how I got to this point and why I'm still feeling this way. And then I ran across the idea of a, the attachment theory and attachment styles, how we attach to people. So the attachment theory really in a nutshell, without getting too wordy, basically says the way your parents or caregiver interacted with you when you were from the time that you were born, you know, all through your childhood is how you develop in it, your attachment style. So there are four attachment styles. There is secure, avoidant, ambivalent and disorganized and you may hear some other words like anxious or anxious avoidant um they kind of use those interchangeably so for an anxious person which i realized i was um for an in an adult it shows up as needing constant validation so when you're when you don't have your partner around, you feel like you have high levels of anxiety. Um, you have typically a negative self image and you need a lot of approval and a lot of support and a lot of responsiveness constantly. So people with this attachment style um, value their relationship a lot. They're, these are the people who introduce their partners as their better half. You know, you, that whole idea of you complete me, you know, I'm nothing without you. This is 50 50 versus coming in as 100% and letting somebody add to you. Um, so they, they have a strong fear of abandonment in the present moment. Um, they feel like safety is a priority. Um, the attention, care, and responsiveness from their partner seems to remedy the anxiety. So as long as their partner is all all over them, giving them everything that they need, they feel safe. Um, on the other hand, the absence of support and intimacy can lead to this person feeling anxious. Um, they seem to be more clingy and demanding and really preoccupied with the relationship and if that's not you, we all know somebody who shows up in that way. Everything that they talk about is their partner. Why is he calling me back? Where's my husband? Where's my boyfriend? Well, you know, he didn't tell me I was pretty. He didn't validate me in this way. Um, so typically, adults that show up with an anxious attachment style, they were parented by um, someone who was inconsistent. The parent was sometimes there, or sometimes not. They would give them some affection and then they would pull away or maybe they worked a lot and maybe you just, you weren't sure. You weren't sure. They didn't know how to express themselves. So you didn't know how to interpret what they were um, putting out. It was really just inconsistent. And so that is what creates this anxious attachment style because you don't know. You don't know if they're going to provide your needs. You're anxious and you need because you are unsure. You need the constant validation. So really taking a look at your upbringing and how your parents responded to you Um is very, very important. And I think a little later I'll go into how I came to realize that my mother not being around and things of that nature kind of built who I was and how that showed up for me. 
So that is anxious, anxious attachment style. Then you have an avoidant attachment style. It's either, either going to be called avoidant or dismissive. So when you're doing possible research on this, you may see it as a dismissive um, attachment style. So the dismissive slash avoidant type often perceive themselves as the lone wolf. They're strong, super independent, self-sufficient. These women typically work a lot. They work, work, work so that they don't have to deal with their emotions. So they're, they're, they're not necessarily um, wanting to connect on emotional level. They seem, again, they seem like they have it together, but it's really trying to avoid physical intimacy. Um, these people typically have high self-esteem and a positive self-image of themselves. Um, the dismissive avoidant type tend to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to be complete. They don't want to depend on others um, or have others depend on them or seek approval from any kind of social bonds. I mean, these people are super, super, super independent and it's almost envious. You look at them and say, oh, they have it together. They understand they've got it. They don't need anybody. They're fearless. Um, but typically adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness. They tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with any kind of emotionally dense situation. So even though it looks good on the outside, it's really you're missing out. You're missing out on the opportunity to um, show up and experience love. So. Adults that show up in a disavoidant, dismissive manner typically are raised in an environment where the parents are super unavailable or just downright rejecting them. If you had an, a, like an emotionally abusive mother or father or parent or both parents and they were never there and you just didn't understand and you kind of took care of yourself as a child, as an infant, you made the connection that I cannot depend on anyone. My safety, my security, my survival is on me. And so that's how that shows up in the relationship later on in life. So disorganized and um, fearful avoidant. So the disorganized type tends to show unstable and ambiguous behavior when it comes to their social bonds and their relationships. So these adults... Typically, the partner in the relationship themselves are often the source of both the desire and the fear. Fearful avoiding people do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time experience trouble trusting people and depending on others. So they don't really regulate their emotions well. They avoid strong emotional attachments due to, you know, this huge fear of getting hurt. These people are really chaotic and and. It's kind of easy to spot the disorganized, fearful avoid. They're hyper emotional and not always in a positive way. Like, you know, you can have an extremely emotional person in a good way that knows how to love and how to experience love. Those people are emotionally intelligent. But the disorganized, fearful, avoiding people are typically raised with parents who just completely ignore them. Um, they didn't really tend to the child's needs. The parental behavior is typically frightening or traumatizing. And it's funny because as I as I 
was going through these, I realized I really had a piece of a lot of these. And you kind of go through phases of your life where different attachment styles show up or either, you know, your safety comes from kind of living in one space, even though internally you're not there, but on the outside, you've learned how to show up like that. So again, going back to recounting how you were raised and how your parents showed up and interacted with you. And then you go to the secure attachment styles. And so this is the one that is ideal. We all want to be able to attach to people in a secure, healthy way. That is an optimal state. Um, this is what we go to therapy for. This, <laughs> this is why we have these conversations. This is why we show up here and thrive in relationships after abuse to talk about these things because we all want to be secure. So um, typically, this person... Um, doesn't really have difficulty maintaining healthy relationships. They know how to comfortably express their emotions open openly. Um, adults with secure attachment styles can depend on their partner and in turn let their de partner depend on them. They like to base their relationships on honesty and emotional closeness. The secure attachment style thrives in relationships. They don't really fear being on their own, but they know how to show they know how to be on their own, but they thrive. They thrive in any situation. Um, they don't depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partner, and they tend to have a really positive view of themselves and others. So that's the goal that typically, you know, we want to see. That's the standard we want to be secure and that's why we do the work that we do so that we can take control the past our our environment that we grew up in that is just that it is the past but having awareness of why you are the way that you are allows you to take control of it and say i'm not broken i'm not unfixable i'm not unlovable i am there's nothing wrong with me I am simply a product of my environment. And now that I know why I do what I do, I can go back and retrace my steps and understand this is me acting out. This is my inner child needing to feel safe and secure because typically whatever we lacked in our childhood, we look for. We look for we don't stop looking for that because that was a, a extremely important part of our our development and when you lack that it doesn't go away if if you need something if a plant needs water to grow it's going to be constantly seeking water regardless so understanding your attachment style really taking the time to reflect on how you were raised and some of the traits of your parents and really understanding and sometimes you've been traumatized so much or you've pushed some of those memories out so far that you don't understand so just exploring it and possibly talking with your therapist about it or your friend group or whoever supports you or even your partner will give you an immense amount of insight on yourself and you can start to rebuild everything it's it's so refreshing it's so um transformative to be in control to have the understanding and the insight on how to rebuild to the point of thriving that is what we're about we're about thriving in relationships despite all the chaos despite the environment despite the trauma despite all of that 
we are committed to thriving. We are committed to becoming this healthy version of ourselves. And as I said, that comes through awareness. And so explore, explore, explore attachment styles. I like to use the attachmentproject.com, but there are plenty of resources. When we come back, we'll talk more about attachment styles and other people and how to thrive through them. We'll be back in a moment. What's up? It's Jessica Laurent from the Jessica Laurent Show and Thriving in Relationships After Abuse. If you are listening to one and haven't subscribed to the other, please do so now. So if you listen to the Jessica Laurent Show, go check out Thriving in Relationships After Abuse. If you listen to Thriving in Relationships After Abuse, go check out the Jessica Laurent Show. Listen, I need your support. I need you to share this podcast. I need you to tweet this podcast. I need you to take snippets of this podcast and play it everywhere that you can because we, people need to hear this. People need to hear what I have to say and it's only going to happen through you. Also, if you are not following me already on social media, please hit me up on Instagram at she is Jessica Laurent and I am Jessica Laurent on Facebook. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> I'll let you get back to the show. Bye. Welcome back. If you are just joining me, this is Thriving in Relationships After Abuse. I am your host, Jessica Laurent. We have been talking about attachment styles and how they impact the way you show up in your relationship and how you connect with people and really tracing it back to the environment that you grew up in and how your parents loved you. We talked about how using attachment styles can really give you insight, not only on yourself, but insight on your partner, because understanding your partner allows you to have compassion for them, be open, really love on them in a way that um, you can only do through knowledge. And that can be very useful in reinventing your relationship or having a relationship that is envious that people look at and say, yeah, I want to be that. But those kind of relationships take an immense amount of work. And I think that that is work that needs to be done. Having a strong relationship is essential. It's an essential part of happiness because as humans, we are we are meant to be in relationship with people in general, not just romantic relationships, but just in general. We need people around. We know we, that's how we that is how we create our identities. Our identities are directly tied to how we relate to other people. We don't we don't have confidence in our skills unless we compare it to somebody else. So we need people. That is the beginning and the end of this story. Um, but we also talked about how sometimes we love like our parents. And my marriage was essentially the same relationship that my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather had. She was super aggressive. She was the boss. She ran a show, um, made it look easy. And my great-grandfather was super passive, super kind. He was the loving one. He's the one you wanted to go hop up in his lap and get some cuddles. And that was that was essentially my marriage. And it was really mind-boggling. And yeah, just, just awareness. So now let's talk about conversation starters for couples to connect with each other. I think that we get disconnected. We get bored. We get busy. Life just happens. And before you know it, the only time you see your partner is before bed or maybe when you get up in the morning that sometimes that's not even a thing. You may see them in passing on your way out on their way out or when you do something with the kids, but 
who wants that relationships like you can literally fall in love again with your partner that that is something that if you can master that art you you'll never get bored it, it'll be like you're dating a new person constantly because the dating aspect is really exciting and it's really fun so how do you bring that back how do you relight that spark constantly like that is something that you, you just continue to do like like a fireplace or a furnace like every season when it when you know it might go out in the summer but you relight it for the winter so asking interesting questions, if you guys make the time, it's, and that that's intention. Be intentional about making the time. You, When we're sitting on a couch and we have our phones in our hands or we're at dinner and we have our phones in our hands or we're preoccupied with something else, take the time to just start asking random questions. Treat it like we are just starting to date again. This is new. If you treat it like it's new, It'll start to feel like it's new. So let's get into a couple of questions that you can ask your partner when you're just sitting around doing nothing. And yeah, it's it's, it's super fun, super cute. So what do you think makes us unique and different from other couples? I love this because it allows you and your partner to reflect on the positive things I know sometimes, and I've talked to other couples about this, people have couple envy, couple lifestyle envy. They find things that they want in the relationship. I remember talking to a guy that said he envies couples that hustle together and his wife really, she's not into, she don't want to hustle. She wants to kind of chill out and have this easy life and just be a mom. Um, so this will be a great question for them to redirect their thoughts on, well, what makes us unique? What makes us different? And then when you find that thing, that's when you can amplify it. It's like, let's do more of that. Like, let's lean into that. If the fact that we can sit down and have these conversations makes us unique, great. Let's have more of them. If the fact that we hustle together makes us unique, great. Let's start a new project where we can put our, our pour ourselves into that. Lean into whatever it is that makes you great. If you guys really are just two jerks, lean into that <laughs> whatever it takes but I, I do really love this question because it it reframes your mind to find the positive versus saying what do we really need to work on what's bad like no what makes us great um let's see what parts or attributes of our relationship are you the most proud of and the least proud of I like this I like this because it does have that balance you let's start off with the good. What do you love about this? You're most proud of was it our ability to push through infidelity? Was it our ability to raise these kids even though it was super stressful? Was it our ability to make it through hard financial times or health crisis? I know that our ability and my ex my ex and I to push through his leukemia and all the financial struggles and having kids and oh that was hard. Like that, that was hard. So finding finding that again that uniqueness what 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 do you really love about this um what makes you proud and what are you least proud of like that 
that's a really deep question because you those are the insights that you want from your partner because some women we stay up and we think about that like are you still thinking about this one bad moment does that pop back up are you still holding on to that grudge how do we move through it and transmute it into something that is workable and can be made into a positive and a a learning lesson so I think really being honest that question takes honesty that last that last part of that question takes honesty and vulnerability so creating safety you know moving in to say it's okay like I'm I'm really I'm really ready to hear this and I do want to talk about it I'm not going to be upset because understanding it's good to have that out um what adventures would you like to have or go on with me I like this question too because um sometimes we merge with our partners we become one one partner has the dominant trait and so typically the least dominant partner kind of becomes the same person as their partner so if your partner likes to be outdoors you you find yourself being outdoors a lot even though you really would want to be in in a spa um so allowing yourself to be honest about that if you are the least dominant partner to say oh this is what i really want to do regardless if partner would be into that or not move into it with confidence and not fear of rejection because I know that that can be a a go-to especially when you've dealt with trauma or abuse you 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 fear expressing your authentic feelings but this is a good time to do it make it fun like oh you know I would really love to have you go with me on a spa day or you know I want to see how you would react or whatever it takes to kind of be creative and then listening to your partner when they say things if you're the dominant partner that typically rules the relationship and the lifestyle then allowing that person to really dream a bit and have fun which gives you insight it gives you insight on what they want it may give you insight on a birthday gift you can give them or a special date night or anything every conversation has some kind of value to where you can use that information to level up that relationship um and then what was the most memorable experience with me? I love this. I love this because you get to reflect and you get to share a happy memory or maybe it's not a happy memory. But even in that, you get to reflect. The most memorable experience could have been like, oh, that one time you almost died. <laughs> um, or who knows that one time you infuriated me so bad, but then I got over it and it made our love stronger, whatever. Um, it's such a great question because it allows you to sit and reflect. A lot of times we're so caught up in the future, the future, the future, the future. What do I have to do? What What is coming next? How do I plan? How do I prepare versus being in the moment or going back to something that can really bring insight into the present moment? So just taking the time to connect, connection, 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 connect with yourself first and foremost, then connect with your partner, then connect with the world. Um, connection is so important. I am so grateful that we get to come here and have this conversation. I believe, (laughs) I believe in you. I believe in you thriving in this relationship after abuse. I believe you can have, be, do anything that you desire with the right amount of work. We're going to get out of here. I'm going to see you next Saturday. I love you. And yeah, bye.